cheese tater tots and a Route 44 Coke. That was my meal often at Sonic in high school. I remember I was 17 years old. It was a March evening. It was not really cold. And in Lexington, Missouri, the big metropolis of Lexington, we would cruise the entire town, drive downtown, drive back out to Sonic and turn around and do that all night. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> but we had stopped at Sonic like we normally did. I had that meal, uh, and it, it had been delivered, and we're all hanging outside of our cars. And again, it's March. I'm about to graduate in May from high school. I'm 17, like I said. So, I mean, I considered myself at the top of my game. I was feeling good. And as our friends were talking, this beautiful 16-year-old blonde, brown-eyed girl walks up to me. I, I knew her, and she says, why won't you go out with me? And I was like, what? What? In my head, I'm thinking, heck yeah, I'm going to go out with you. You're way out of my league, girl. But I didn't say that. I was stunned, and I sat there and reacted really stupidly. I said, uh, 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 can I tell you later? She's like, I guess. So I slept on it. And th throughout the night or the next morning, you know, I woke up and I'm like, dude, she's totally out of your league. You better say yes before she says second thoughts. So that next night, guess what? We were out at Sonic because that's what you did in Lexington. And I saw her with a couple of her friends. And I thought, I have to one-up her a little bit. So I walked up to her, and I kissed her square on the lips and said, does that answer your question? <laughs> little did I know that that 24 hours would change the rest of my life. And the reason I tell you that is because from that day till, till now, my single days were over, folks. So I have nothing current Nothing credible to talk to you about being single. That's why I've asked these friends to join me. <laughs> 36 years since I've been a single person, and uh, they have much more recent experience. So I have my friends Karma and Trey and Xandra and Philip up here, and thank you guys. Um, for those folks that, well, maybe you all understand this. If you don't like to be in public or speak in public, this is not necessarily you know, top three on their list. Maybe, maybe it is. But uh, we hope that they would relax and share their stories and their lives with you, which I know they're going to do. So along those lines, let's, let's just start with some basic introductions if you guys want to jump in. Philip, why don't we start with you, and we'll work back this way for this question. All right. So uh, my name is Philip Potter, and I am single, and I am alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean... And, 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 Available, I think, I, is I, I am, I am, yeah, eligible I am bachelor. Eligible, that's right. That's right. Uh, mustache rides for days. Um, so, no. and on that note, I have all the power. What are they gonna do? Fire me? <laughs> I can say whatever I want. No. Um, so, so yeah, I, um, I, I, you know, kind of out of high school, I joined the Marine Corps, kind of figuring, okay, I won't probably get married out of the Marine Corps because no one really wants to date a military, like they want to date a military man, but they want, don't want to be committed. 
And so I figured, okay, well, that's fine. That's only five years. I'll be 23 when I get out, and then boom, I'll be right back in a baby, and it has not worked out. So, <laughs> so that's kind of how my singleness is gone, and now I'm 26, and it's like, oh, there's, there's no serious prospects. So, so it's just been a, a process of learning how to deal with that in a healthy way. Uh, I am Zandra Potter, uh, Philip's sister. I'm 29 and still single, so probably our parents' fault that we're, you know, <laughs> haven't gotten married yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For those of you watching online, Richard, their father, just got up and started to exit. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um, I am a high school math teacher, um, and I uh, also you know, volunteer on the music team and the drama team around here and in the student ministries. I have a hard time saying no, if you couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> but also the, uh, the student ministries here were really impactful for me growing up at Shoal Creek. And so that's part of why I still um, you know, spend all week with high schoolers and then on a lot of Sunday mornings go and spend some more time with middle school and high school kids. They're really cool. Um, so, uh, but in that, it has been, uh, it's been an interesting journey of, I definitely thought, like I saw all of these college students who helped out in student ministries when I was growing up. They went to college and they found someone and then they got married like a month or two after graduation. I was like, okay, cool. That's how it works. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to join a campus ministry and meet the love of my life and then get married in like May or June after I get my bachelor's degree. Um, I picked a school with like a three to two girl to guy ratio, so that didn't help. Um, but it, yeah, just, you know, for lots of reasons, and I can look back and say, oh, I'm glad that God didn't give me what I wanted when I wanted it, but um, it's been, it's also been kind of hard to go to the weddings of people who I was their youth group leader when they were in middle school, and now they're married, and I'm not, it's not fair! <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you, Zandra. <laughs> And by the way, Trey, let me, let me just let you think for a minute. It, if you feel like yelling out anything today, that's great. We want this to be as interactive as possible. Thank you, Richard, for starting that. All right, sorry. Jump in there, Trey. Fair, fair. Uh, Saturday Night Live fans, when I turned 35 in July, I got really excited. My name is Trey Hill. I am 35 years old. I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. <laughs> Um, I actually don't live in a van down by the river. The rest of that's true. Um, it was, Sean asked me to come up here and speak, and I typically go away on my birthday and do like a mountain retreat, and realizing that that little clip came up uh, on that mountain retreat, I was like, damn, I'm 35. I, I, I get the opportunity to say this. And then Sean emails me and says, hey, come, come talk about this. I'm like, ooh, okay. Hey, perfect. God answered my prayer. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, just kind of giving some insight from uh, what it's like being in a relationship for 13 years, married for nine of those, or ten of those, and uh, kind of giving the aspect of what it's like being thrown back out into that uh, dating circle and kind of how scary it can be. I have a, a six-year-old boy with that uh, just love him to pieces and have the best relationship with. And so single parenting, divorcing, divorced, and like working through all that, just kind of that perspective. Thanks, Trey. Yeah. Hi, Karma. Hi. <laughs> I'm Karma Baldwin. I'm a widow. My husband passed away 17 years ago. 
We got married when we were 20. We started dating the summer after high school. Um, we'd been married 30, almost 31 years when he passed. But, so I've been single for 17 years and it's like, I, it, it, it was just, I just didn't know how to do it. Mm. I was, and, and I've only had one date during that time because I still consider myself married, even though he's been gone 17 years. But just dealing with the issues of having a loving husband for so long and then going without and being single, mm -hmm. it's been very difficult. But thank you guys. That's all we got. No, um, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> all four of these folks are near and dear to my heart. You know, uh, Carmen and I met years ago, but in one of our first times uh, getting to know one another was on a trip to South Africa. I think it was in 2008. Uh, Trey and I have become, we were friends, but we've become amazingly very good friends uh, since he's gone through this divorce. Uh, Zandra and Philip, my God, I've known them since they were little kids. And, um, and have gotten to know them as adults. So I'm really excited to, that they're going to share more and more of their stories with you today. You know, the love math equation up there was one plus zero equals one. And that really would be what we might call an ideal. In, in reality, uh, our culture, uh, the church, most of us married folks, we don't treat people that are single like they're one. We really do treat them as if they're incomplete. We ask them stupid questions like, when are you going to get married? And are you seeing anybody? Are you dating anybody? Instead of just acknowledging that they're a human being. But often that equation becomes one plus zero equals one half. And, and they have certainly felt that. And they've shared that with me. And I want them to share that with you. So a question that uh, I have for you guys, uh, each of you, is how have you felt uh, incomplete being single? Let's start with Zandra on this one. Hmm. Um, I think... When I have let the, um, and there's lies that we tell ourselves that we start to believe um, for lots of reasons, and um, a big one for me, but I know for a lot of people, um, is just this lie that I'm not enough. Um, and uh, it turns out, in a in a funny twist of irony and fate, I am in the longest dating relationship I've ever been in. It's been about a year, and so, but I've found out over the past year that lie of I'm not enough doesn't go away when you are dating someone. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but in um, a lot of my like adult years of singleness where it's like, oh, I, I could be, I should be um, with someone, I think there's just this, there's been this like, well, but why am I not? I'm looking at all these other people around me who are in long-term relationships, getting married, um, and I, I think I also bought into, um, in Christian culture overall, like no one at Shoal Creek told me this sentence, but Christian culture overall has a version of the prosperity gospel that is like, if you follow all the rules, especially the don't have sex rule, then God will give you a spouse and you'll have this amazing marriage and amazing sex life and you won't even have to try. It's just, <laughs> just going to be given to you because you followed the rules. And that's not, it's not true. Um, and so I think I had a lot of, like, this weird combination of, like, entitlement. Like, I'm following the rules. What's going on? Like, what? I'm following the rules. Did, did you forget about me, God? Like, hey, remember, remember me? Look, what? They're, they got married, and they didn't follow the rules. This isn't fair. Like, you know, so just this very entitled attitude. Um, and then turning it back on myself of, like, well, what's wrong with me? Look at all, other, all these other people are getting married. And so am I not 
am I not pretty enough? Am I not cool enough? Am I not like chill, cool girl enough? Like, and it doesn't help when people are like, well, guys probably just find you really intimidating because you're so smart. Like, it's not helpful. I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend to be bad at math. Like I teach math, I'm not gonna, you know. So, um, so, but I think just this like feeling entitled, but then feeling like it must be my fault because I'm not enough and I'm too much at the same time. Um, and, and just really buying into like, well, there must be something wrong with me. That's why no one's interested. Or that's why, oh, this guy seemed interested, but then turns out I was his side chick. Or this guy seemed interested, but then he ghosted me or whatever. Like it just, I think it's really easy, no matter what, I think our brain can be looking for reasons to justify the I'm not enough lie. And, um, and so that's been, I think kind of depending on where I am and you know how, I think we all have like ups and downs and how, how healthy I'm feeling and how connected I am to God um, of how much I've bought into that lie and like lived in the truth versus living in the lie and then kind of grasping at like whatever affection is out there um, and not necessarily like healthy, so. Thanks, Dan. Trey, how about you? Um. Man, I, I would say that a lot of it comes from the, the introductions, the meetings, when you're stepping into like new areas of the, whether it's with me and my son or just me by myself, where I'm looking at the, going into it thinking, oh, they're, they're gonna ask. And at the beginning, like shortly after the divorce, there was a lot of pain still there. So I didn't want, I found myself not wanting to be in those situ situations and scenarios where I had to explain, and um, and that, that was just kind of the worst part, but I also grew up, and I think it started, it starts really young, I mean, you see your parents together, and you just generally associate that you should be together, you should be with someone, and I felt that push all the way through high school, um, just be in a relationship to be in a relationship, and being from a small town of 700 counting livestock, like <laughs> everybody knew your business all the time. So there was even more and more to that. Uh, so just going through, getting back out now, what it was like coming out of divorce and being single was there was still a lot of like internal pressure for me to not be single, but then there was also external pressure from my friends, like knowing that I'm gonna go interact with a friend that may know my story or my family, generally that first question was gonna be, are you seeing someone right now? Like, yeah, I'm seeing you. Hey. <laughs> yeah. There, there was just that aspect of like, you have to be together with someone. And at that time, I was doing a lot of healing on myself. Thank you. How about you, Connor? Um, becoming single at 50, a lot of people were like, kind of the same thing. Well, Larry's gone, when are you gonna start dating? And I, I felt like I was still married. And so it was, um, I didn't want to hear those things. I didn't want people to ask me, you know, when are you gonna start dating? As I said before, I've only been on one date in 17 years, so it's probably not gonna happen. But um, now if God put somebody right in front of me, I'd be like, yay. But it, it's, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's just not something I'm gonna go out and search for. But it's hard, and I have a very close family, and my three sisters, who one is gone now, but their spouses were all still alive. 
and mine wasn't. So whenever, you know, we've always gone out to dinner together. So here's the three couples in karma. And it, they never, never tried to make me feel incomplete being with them. But I felt it inside. And so that was, um, and I still do sometimes. But it's, um, it, you do, you feel like, what's wrong with me? I know people that their spouse has passed away and they got married again in the next year. And I'm like, I've never even seen anybody I want to be with. So, so what's wrong with me? Why am I not seeing something out there? Am I going to the wrong places? Um, I don't go to bars that much, so it's like, I don't know where else you're going to meet That's not people. how we meet people anymore. Okay. Oh, is this not? Oh, okay. Well, see. That, that much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. <laughs> We'll talk later. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll okay. get you the, yeah. Okay. All right, Philip. <laughs> Thank you, Carmen. How have you felt incomplete? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're hearing this general thing about, oh, there must be something wrong with me because you mm -hmm. witness people. And, I mean, social media has definitely made it worse. Oh. You know, you see people getting married, you know. Divorce is super high in the military, so I, I saw people getting divorced and then remarried. And it's like, you've had two already? <laughs> I can't even get one? This is bullshit. <laughs> so, so you know, you're you're feeling just, you're you're feeling like there's something wrong with you inside, and it's like, okay, well, well, you know, I got I got to change something about me. So you're trying to change something about you. You're trying to to be someone who's not you, because you feel like, well, when I am me, that's not working out. So yeah, it's just clearly something must be wrong. And then you get advice from married couples that got married in their early 20s or late teens, and they're like, well, it'll happen when you least expect it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, on, 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 I'm being mostly serious. If you say that, you should be punched in the throat so you can't say <laughs> So, so this is the last time I'll be able to speak on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clearly the Philip filter is not working on that mic. Uh. There's, no, there's no filter. This is why I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, yeah, that's just been the big thing. It's just like, you know, you, you try something and it's like, okay, you know, I think this is working out. This is great. And then they ghost you. Or they, they're just like, oh, you know, I, I, you know, you felt this way, or it's not enough, or, well, you know, you're pretty intense. You know what you want, and it's like, yeah, I know what I want. <laughs> no, what do you mean? You don't know what you, you know, and so it's just, it's just constant, you know, just like, okay, am I enough? Am I not enough? What's wrong with me? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just a weird, bizarre thing, and you're trying to figure out how do I, you know, how do I become this whole person? Because everything else is telling you, no, like you're, mm. you're half, you know, because you do not have this. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Thank you all for the, your honesty there. Oh, yeah. Sure. That's a great transition. For those of you watching online, Deanna in the audience asked just basically, you know, how the Bible basically starts off with Adam and Eve, and God said it's not good for man to be alone, and so it almost implies that single 
is not good. And so I, let, me, let me speak to that actually right on because first and foremost, that passage doesn't just mean husband and wife. That passage means that humankind has been created to relate just like the Trinity, just like the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And we are invited back into that family, into that relationship through the blood of Jesus. He died so that all of our broken things, all of our sin, all of our mistakes, all things we should have done that we didn't, we can come back into that family. So, so that not being alone, it, it certainly involves marriage, but it also involves relationships of all types. Um, this passage here from, from Paul writing to the church in Corinth comes out of 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 9. Very clear. If, if you are married or you are single, huh, does that describe most everybody? Um, <laughs> I encourage you to go read 1 Corinthians 7. Read the whole thing, but I'm just going to read a portion of it. It says, but I wish everyone were single. Paul was single, just as I am, he says. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried, just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they're ta he's talking sexually here, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. Paul speaks directly to it. And again, that's not the only thing. Go read 1 Corinthians 7 and just listen to him. He was single and he's probably, not not probably, he did more for the spread of Jesus followers and Christianity, as we may call it today, than any other human being ever who lived. And Jesus, the Son of God, speaks to that as well in Matthew 19. I'm not going to read that. I'm going to encourage you to go read it and see what he has to say. Um, I have this question. We'll start with Trey, and I'd love for you all to answer this. What, maybe what fears, what emotions, what pains, you know, has been, you shared some of this already, you all have, but uh, have you experienced in your singleness? I think a, a lot of mine comes came to the single fatherhood mm. and just do I have someone consistently there to to keep everything kind of moderate between Stan and I am I making the right choices there's a lot of different fears that come in with with that uh, being single in in that in my current situation so um, you know speaking to this being single and alone too was I grew up with a fantastic community of men around me, and I have focused on making sure that Stanton has so many different outlets to, if he doesn't feel comfortable with me, even at such a young age, that he can talk to grandpa or friends or coaches, different, different outliers for him. But I'd say my, that's my biggest fear is, am I being enough not only to myself, but to my son? Yeah, thank you. Karma, how about you? One of my biggest fears is my husband and I always made decisions together, financially, housewise. Um, we built a new house back when our kids were little, and it took us six months to agree upon wallpaper for the dining room. But we didn't put the wallpaper up until we agreed. But so financially and emotionally, to not have him there to talk to, it's, I feel like I'm gonna spend all my money and my two children and my niece Jamie are gonna have to support me when I'm broke. And, um, oh, my sisters too. I heard my sister back there. <laughs> Thank you, Jude. Uh, but, did she say not your sisters? Oh, yes, she did, she did. Oh, I thought she said yes, my sisters. <laughs> <laughs> 
see. For those of you watching online, Karma's sister Judy's in the audience instead of not her sister. So your, your kids or your niece? My are kids are my niece, but not my sister. So it's a legitimate fear of parents. Yeah, obviously. Whoa. And I just said they were my best friends, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Take that back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I worry that I've made that, well, I know I've spent too much money, but I, I worry that I've made decisions that just in the future won't be good for me. Mm, yeah. And as a single person, you just go do what you want. Oh, like my husband bought me, my, next Sunday's my birthday, he bought me this gorgeous ring at Moriarty's last week. Did he? <laughs> However you pronounce that. We, my daughter and I went shopping and it's a one of a kind and so I bought this ring and oh, they had earrings to match and then a necklace. And I was only out for a ring. See, I had the best husband. Somehow I think Larry would actually approve. Larry would have approved. How about you, Philip? What, what fears or emotions tend to be the driving point for you? I mean, I did it for, for a long time. The biggest fear was that I would never get married and I would just be alone forever. Hmm. And that's it. And, you know, I would never be good enough. And, and, and of course, there was, a, there was a lot, you know, of uh, mental stuff going on, you know, dealing with depression and anxiety which I combated with alcohol, which is literally what you're not supposed to do because <laughs> alcohol is a depressant. So you're fighting depression with a depressant, which makes you more depressed, which then makes you really spiral down, which is exactly what I was doing. So I was combating this fear by drinking, which then made me fear even more. Uh, and, and so anyway, I, it, it took you know months of therapy. Took um, I quit drinking for a whole year uh, just to have a heart reset. And so it was kind of finally having this epiphany that it's like, hey, you know, it's okay if you never get married. Like, you're still an image bearer. You're still, you know, God loves you no matter what, right? You know, my therapist was like, hey, man, he loved, you know, he created the Grand Canyon. He created sunsets. He created all these beautiful things. And he loves you way more than that. So, like, why can't you give yourself that same love, you know? And also on the flip side, you know, if I'm relying on, a, a future wife to provide me this this love that I'm not giving myself. One, that's an impossible task. That's not fair to her, and it's not fair to me because there's no way that a person can provide that for you. And it's you know kind of understanding that we, you know, whether you're single or you're married, like you need to understand that you are a whole, you are an image bearer, and that God loves you. And for you to rely on your spouse to provide all that love for you that you think you deserve, that we all deserve, then that you're just, you're, you're gonna set yourself up for disappointment, which is exactly what I've done with the majority of my dating life, is I was like, okay, well, you know, kind of the same thing. It's like, okay, well, this, this girl's gonna like me, and then she's gonna love me, and then she's gonna provide me all this love I need, and it's all gonna be fine. And that's just, that's just not the case, it's bullshit. So, uh, so it's just this, this whole uh, process that I had to go through. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's this massive fear that it's just like, Oh God, what if I die alone? And that's it. Mm. And I'll never have been married. I'll never have experienced that. And I'll never have been a whole, which is just simply not true. Yeah. I realize that now, but that was a huge fear for, I mean, really the majority of my life up until I was 25, so last year. Yeah. Thank you. Xander, how about you? Um, a lot of similar fears. I think, especially kind of that, like, post-college realizing, oh my gosh, I didn't find someone in college and now I'm living in this tiny town and like, what am I, my, for my first teaching job and yeah, this is, what if I never get married? Um, 
and it there was a lot of processing of kind of realizing one god doesn't owe me a husband like i'm not entitled to that um and and kind of taking that theoretical possibility of okay what if i never do get married and and just thinking through there are fulfilling things in my life there are ways that god can use me there are ways that i can find joy that are not in a romantic relationship and so um and so that was like that was helpful that did not solve the fear that did not magically make it go away but it was a helpful thing to process through when that fear would bubble up um and realizing that that it's okay and that i didn't have to um grasp at anything that came my way um but then as so then when i moved back to kansas city where there's an actual dating pool and not a puddle in this small town where i was um <laughs> I, I finally started to go on dates and like actually experience that and it was it was really good and I grew in a lot of confidence in that and so it's not so much the like I can I can weigh things in my hand and say okay if I never get married I will be okay I have a fulfilling life I have a community I have you know things that bring me joy and I'm serving God and God loves me great wonderful but there's also this like I can see oh there is a definite like there's actually a possibility I could get married now and I and I kind of know what dating is like and um, and so there's the fear that has come up now is, um, because I've always wanted to not only be married and have like a, a romantic partner to go through life with, um, but I also really want to have kids. And, um, and so the fear now, like being 29 and like, and I, there's so many great counter examples like, oh, my friend, or even, I mean, my grandma had my mom when she was like 40, 41. So it's like, yes, you can put all the examples out there of people who had kids later in life, but the fear for me, and I think also from watching friends go through like struggles with fertility. And so the fear for me now is like, okay, I'm seeing a possibility of getting married in the future. I'm seeing that it's realistic now that I am where I am, but what if I get married and then it's really hard to have kids? And, and what if that's, um, you know, somehow uh, either my fault because I didn't get out there soon enough or I wasn't good enough for someone soon enough, or what if that's God's fault because he didn't send me a husband when I was 22 like he was supposed to. So, you know, <laughs> yes. but there's just, I think that's kind of the, the fear now um, of, but then mm -hmm. also just the, with as much growth as that has happened in this, like what Philip talked about, like processing through, like I'm made in the image of God, I am enough. Um, it's still really hard, like mm -hmm. even being in a relationship to constantly like, but 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 why didn't why didn't he do this and why didn't he say this and you know, it just it's um, yeah, it's just it's just hard to not um, it's hard to not put that burden on someone because like you know that god loves you and that's great but often god is not as tangible as the people sure. in your life and so um so i think the the fear of not being enough is still there and i'm and i'm processing that it's probably going to be a lifelong thing um but then i also have that kind of um fear in the future of like there's this thing that i really want and what if um like what if what if it doesn't work out you know so sure Thank so, you all for sharing. I, I hate to jump back in here, but like one of the other fears that like I recall processing too was that fear of going from being married 
and like how much compromise and everything that goes into a marriage work, like all that work that it mm -hmm. takes. Uh, going back to singleness and like pushing away those relationships for a while, like any sort of relationship, like then coming back to, man, like what do I have to do now? Like I didn't do enough before, but now like what do I have to do in order to make it work this time? Like that's a. Finally, got used to this whole being single thing. Right. Yeah. Put myself back out there. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. Somebody else might think that they can help me spend my money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's plenty of folks in the audience that might be willing to help you spend your money. <laughs> I'd like to just kind of wrap up and maybe give them a chance. Uh, one more question after I share. Uh, I have a new equation for this love math when it comes to to all of us, not just singles, not just married, all, all of us. See, I, I tend to think that when you believe a lie, so lies plus isolation equals death. And I don't know if the majority of you listening, watching online, I don't know if you really believe that. I know these four folks just open up their hearts and their stories and their lies to us and uh, as I read their answers this week, especially, I, I sat there and went, wow, they've had ups and downs like we all have in our lives. But when you isolate and when you believe the lies that you tell yourself, that others tell you, that Satan tells you, how, whoever else you want to put there, you are, you are moving towards death. That's why we harp on groups around here. Not so we can say, hey, we have a 50 groups meeting. Who cares? It's about relational connection. I think about in my life, I think about in your life, if you didn't have the connection to God and the connection to your family and the connection to your friends, where would you be? And you've, you've had a rough go, all of us, all of you. So my new equation is this, truth plus relationships equals life. I want you to believe that. I want you to move towards a group. If you're not connected, if you don't have someone that you can share the deep crap of your life with, the joys, the sorrows, move towards a group. Yes, it's risky. Yes, it's challenging. It may not happen in the first group. Find a way to have some of those deep relational connections because they are vital to life, not just your spiritual journey. You will die in isolation because in isolation you tend to believe the lies that we're told. So one final question, and I know we're going a little late, but bear with us. As succinctly as you can, how have you brought relationships and the truth, relationship with God, relationship with others, into your journey? Let's start with karma. Uh, one, of, one of the biggest... I'm loud. Uh, one of the things that has gotten me through is being honest with people and asking for what I need. My family, I have a large family and they're always there for me. But if I don't want to eat dinner by myself, I call somebody and say, hey, I'm bringing my dinner to your house and I'm eating with you. And they've never turned me down. And the other thing is, as Sean said, the relationships. I have. Sorry, can you make sure your monitor right now? Keep going. ladies that I meet with every Monday night and without those women in my life 
I wouldn't be able to survive very well. I can tell them anything. We talk about everything. They help. We help each other through crisis, and we pray to God together to to help each other. And the relationships with other people is so important. And, and to have God in that relationship, it doesn't work without God. Thanks, Colin. How about you, Trey? Um, man, I I wouldn't be where I am today without the different relationships, whether it's friends, church, uh, being back in kids zone. I have some of your kids back there with me. Like, without that consistent interaction, having God a part of that piece, um, it 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 easily gets lonely. And when you feel like you need that that isolation, that is when a lot of this stuff creeps up. That it's not fair to you and it's not fair to you to try and convince yourself because so many other people will want to tell you how much you're loved. Thanks, Trey. How about you, Xander? Um, I think kind of like Karma said with the, the honesty and the authenticity piece um, with family and friends and, um, and I, even just practicing, be, asking for what I need and being who I am, um, in those relationships uh, that are safe has been really valuable. Um, and and then the other big place where relationships and truths have come together for me has been in going to a counselor. Um, and, and I used to think, oh, I don't need to do that. I didn't have any big childhood trauma or anything, but um, I think everyone can benefit from it. And that is what has really helped me start to break down um, and really get to the root of, oh, this is this is like the root lie that I've been believing and telling myself. Um, and so that, like uncovering that through professional counseling has allowed me to uh, talk about God with that more because I'm aware of it now and to, and to be aware of when I'm acting out of that lie in my friendships, in my other relationships. And so, um, so, so yeah, practicing, I think, speaking the truth and then discovering some truth and, and bringing that into each of my relationships. Thank you. I definitely think that, the, um, I definitely think that for me personally, the, the, the lack of, um, if, 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 if I had not gotten out of isolation, if I had not gone to therapy, if I had not reached out to my friends, and I'm, I'm going to be a little bit graphic here, but I want to make this point. I would have painted my walls pink. I would have been... <laughs> I would have been another statistic, and I would not be here on the stage right now. Um, so it, it's it's just getting out of isolation. Whether you're single, whether you know, you can be isolated and you can be married. So understanding that you know it's good to talk to you know whether it's talking with uh, a group, with a trained therapist, uh, with you know anyone, just getting out there and talking to someone and helping them helping you realize that you are an image bearer and that God loves you for who you are, not because of what other people think of you. That's, that's, what's, uh, that's what's the most important part. So that's what I got. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, Zandra, would you uh, pray us out, please? God, um, thank you that you are... As Hagar said in the Old Testament, the God who sees, um, the God who sees each of us and um, created each individual in your image. Um, we know that you made us um, 
not to be alone, and we thank you for the myriad of ways that you have, um, uh, the myriad of opportunities you've given us to be in community and um, to form relationships with other people um, that give us a door into um, and help grow us in uh, relating to you. Um, it can be really hard to relate to you when um, it's, it's hard to see or, or feel or hear you uh, tangibly. And so um, I thank you that you're available for us to do that and, um, and for teaching us to do that really weird, hard thing. But also thank you so much for um, giving us tangible people in our lives um, to, to relate to, to be honest and real with. Um, and um, thank you for those reminders from uh, from your other people of how much we're loved and, and I ask that you would help us not to not to become dependent on that or or put the burden of um, of us being enough on others um, but thank you for the gift of your love coming through other people and um, thank you so much that you tell each of us that we are enough regardless of um, any of our circumstances amen